Welcome to the Be Free RE podcast, where you learn how to make your job optional. I'm your host, John, who's just getting started on his journey. But in the last year, I moved across the country, bought four apartments, make money as a landlord, no longer pay rent, and I have my first child. I'm joined by your co-host and my guide, Tony Angotti, who in five years quit his job and now manages over 80 units through a combination of house hacks, flips, and partnerships. So with that, let's jump into how you can do less of what you have to do and more of what you want to do. All right, live from my basement, it's the B3 RE podcast with Tony, Iron City, and Gotti. Yeah, we got video now. So yeah. if you listen to this on the podcast, you can subscribe on the YouTubes uh, right now, just under my name, because why not? Um, <laughs> I like it. Yeah, man. With 412 the, uh, Agent YouTubes. <laughs> Do it. It's not even 412 Agent, just Anthony Angotti YouTube. All right. Not Building that branded. SEO. Um, yeah, but it, it'll be up. So this is cool. This is our first video recording. I got this uh, sweet setup going here with my $20 webcam. John with his $20 house. <laughs> from what you say, it feels like that, huh? Yeah, yeah. So what we we're going to do today was a few episodes ago, um, maybe more than a few episodes ago, we did an episode just on John's decision to purchase his most recent house hack deal. So we talked a little bit about what uh, went into that decision-making process to buy it, what the plan was with it, with it, all those different things. Um, so now we're just gonna talk a little bit about where he is. So it's been, how long since you bought it, do you think? Uh, it is Mar- mid-March and we bought it like, uh i think it was end of december <laughs> i can't okay. remember so like three months yeah wow Time flies right dude long time yeah i yeah. think we should have more done <laughs> you'd think so but it never works out that way yeah you know you would think so yeah. you would and you wouldn't right. yeah so, so three months three i can yes. hold up my fingers now six three whatever um yeah, so you've been on us for three months renovating the place you live in, and there's also an accessory dwelling, just to get yeah. everybody up to speed, right? There's a, a unit above your garage, right? That's right. So it's a single-family house with two bedrooms, um, a living, dining, and a like pantry area. And then there's a finished attic, which you see me in now, with me plus this much high ceilings which makes a great home office uh yeah and this is a detached garage and there's a two-bedroom apartment above that and all of it has this wood paneling look that our wonderful youtube watchers can see now uh, and drop ceilings is where it's at it's coming back i guess so it's back in my life that's for I sure said it. i said it first so All right. Coming back. You heard it here. Be free RV podcast, wood paneling, making a comeback. Boom. Anyway, so just remind everybody briefly kind of what was your plan with this place when you bought it? Like, were you going to do any renovations? Um, did you have anything, any idea prior to 
you know. Yeah, we had a rough plan. You know, we wanted to move into the house, rent out the garage apartment. And our our goal was, I mean, just to get into numbers, we wanted to buy the house and like finish everything up for about 200. So total budget, 200. I think uh, list price, 129. Our offer was 139. And it was accepted before we even got in. Like nobody toured the place. We just didn't want anyone else to even see it. So got in, we moved where the kitchen was. So like the kitchen was pretty wild. Uh, you like couldn't open the dishwasher all the way because it was so narrow. So we basically had to move where the kitchen was. Uh, the bedrooms have like accordion doors because uh, they don't actually have like standard door framing, uh, drop ceiling, panel walls. What else, man? Crazy old carpet that's like green. It, you know, basically a house from the 70s, right? Uh, wood windows. So our plan was... Um, you know, floors, paint, move the kitchen. If I had to summarize the house and in the apartment, um, we had to like re drywall the entire bathroom. So they had these like vinyl panels that I've never seen before. Um, all through exactly like a mobile home, actually. Um, they had vinyl panels all in there and, um, I can't even remember what the floor was probably the same kind of pretty wild carpet. So, uh, yeah, you know, plan was largely cosmetic and try not to do anything too fancy. And then, you know, how all projects go, right. Eventually you do you wind something up, too fancy. Yeah. You wind up, uh, every job becomes three jobs. And then before you know it, you got a whole bunch of jobs. So the plan was to actually try and finish everything before we moved. Um, it didn't we start- happen, did it? No. So we started and my wife uh, listed the place we were living in. And I said, Hey, you know, we'll live here and we'll carry the mortgage on both places for a couple months and we'll live stress-free and we'll, we won't have to rush this. And then she found this tenant she just had to have in the current place we were living in. (laughs) So then the the shot clock starts. So yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of the first like adjustment that happened. And then the other thing that happened is we have a tenant that we like. Uh, it's a single mother and she was living in a one bedroom with her son, who's now six in COVID times where she works from home and he is effectively homeschooled or okay. whatever. And she was like, I'm dying to get out of here. Please find me a new place. And my wife said, yes. <laughs> so then we had to finish both places as fast as we could because we had like made commitments to these people, which was a, a big lesson learned for us anyway. It was like, yeah, you true. need to put your own interests first, right? Like everything takes longer. You know, there's no breathing room. It becomes stressful, you know, and then these people are upset at you because you said you'd do something. And it's right. like completely unneeded stress, right? Like, I mean. Self-inflicted. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And like, look, me for me personally, like I run quote unquote the business. So it's like all my fault on some level, right? Like I should have told my wife no. And so we talked about that a little bit too, like with her, I was like, look, it's fine if we like want to be accommodating, but we need to at least start with our own interests first. So that was a big like negotiation lesson, right? Uh, Both for me, I over delegated. um, And then also just I think for my wife, she realized like, you know, people are, have a certain gravity, right? They're always going to like coerce you and they'll do it nicely. And then before you know it, you know, they like moved where you thought you were. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. 
So what did you have to do before this person moved into the, cause your own house that you're moving into, like that's a little less stressful cause you can always kind of yeah. work around it. But this person moving into the apartment above the garage, what all did you have to do to the to the garage apartment before she moved in and how long did you have to do it? I think we moved her in February. So we had like two months and in that two months we did everything. So we changed out the drop ceiling. I'm just going to go top down in the house. We changed out all the drop ceiling for new drop ceiling. We rewired all the lighting into recessed led lighting in that ceiling. Uh, we painted all the walls and all the tracks tracks being like the things that hold the ceiling up mm -hmm. uh, the walls are panel walls so it took a million coats of paint then we laid uh we prime it white and then we put agreeable gray on everything nice yeah agreeable very agreeable um yeah we, we try and use the same colors in all our places that way it's not too fancy uh yeah. agreeable gray eggshell i think um and then satin and wet places bathroom <laughs> kitchen backsplash um and then we had to do the floors and vinyl. we had to use vinyl floor yeah we did um yeah it's an lvp i actually don't love the floor that we chose but yeah it's a lu uh, luxury vinyl plank i don't know if it's a luxury it's a vinyl plank <laughs> it's yeah. a vinyl plank it was like two dollars a square foot so and it's waterproof with a 10-year residential warranty so that means nothing right because we're gonna rent it out it. yeah but i don't know M means something i guess it means uh, it'll last between yeah. a few few tenant turns yeah yeah there's a couple scratches on it already um and um the kitchen we swapped out the range the refrigerator uh, we did not paint the cabinets, but we changed the cabinet hardware. Okay. And then we swapped out the countertop for a new countertop. We just did like for Micah, um, put in a new sink, installed a dishwasher. We're installing stacked washer dryer unit. And then the bathroom, we basically had to redo entirely. Uh, okay. Did you pull everything out? Everything except for the tub. Okay. So we had a dry wallet, um, you know, new fixtures. Uh, we did a surround, a new vanity, new light, new mirror, new toilet, new light switches everywhere. I mean, just like a whole lot. Uh, so a whole lot. Yeah. So you did like a little bit short of a full gut, really. I guess so. We didn't do anything structural. So, you know, we didn't move yeah. any walls, but um, yeah, we didn't do the roof. I mean, the roof is a million years old, uh, mm -hmm. but it, we didn't have to do it right now. So, yeah, I mean, we basically had to do that. We hired a contractor and I think this is probably where the interesting lessons are for the listeners. So it was a contract I worked with previously about two years ago and uh, they did like pretty good work you know what i mean i mean they're they're on the very affordable end of contractors so i you know i kind of know what i'm going to get right my house is going to have a couple extra cigarette butts i'm going to have to like you know put some joy compound around some light like light switches yeah. that have been overcut right. you know what i mean just like you know kind of dumb stuff i have to like extra check on all the floors because they you know they'll, they'll cut corners 
you know, right. so it, it's nothing that's like, you know, this is an above garage apartment, right? So this is never going to be on HGTV, like Chip and Joanna Gaines. Holy shit, this looks great, right? So never know. good enough is good enough. <laughs> but anyway, I guess, I don't know if this guy got addicted to drugs or what, but basically completely different experience this time we worked with him. And uh, I noticed all his guys were different which I, I should have thought about more. Right. So I, you know, the guy that I dealt with, the guy who owns the business, same dude, but all, you know, he's kind of like the, you know, the foreman, you know, yeah. he's not, he's not really swinging hammers, right. He's out trying to sell and make money. And, um, and uh, I should have been more thoughtful. So kind of let those guys run and checked in on the job too late. And I mean, they laid the flooring like before they painted they bad uh, process and they laid the flooring like uh so with this lvp usually you lay like you stagger it in three in like threes or fours or fives yeah. or or you do it randomly they staggered it every other so it has this like checkerboard pattern that looks yeah it's not how it's supposed to be really bad and i don't know if there's actually going to be issues when it heats up and it expands that'll be interesting so just lots of problems like that. They, you know, we installed a a bathroom fart fan and they like vented it straight into the attic. They didn't take it out of the house. So just like all this work. And uh, I mean, the long story short is I wound up like having to throw them out, mm. just put their tools on the street. Is that what you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put their tools on the street and like had to fire them. But, you know, we were like under the gun for all this stuff. So just a, mm. um, a really interesting lesson in terms of like, you know, uh, contractors and kind of their timeline. And I talked to a couple of friends that are investors also, and they all have this kind of common experience where general contractors apparently only last like 18 months and then something happens to them uh it's like cinderella the they turn into a pumpkin so same <laughs> thing happened like to that. this guy yeah. Uh, yeah that is that isn't an uncommon experience that you know after the first year or so they get too tied up in too many jobs rob peter to pay paul or they increase their prices too much and they're no longer investor friendly contractor, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing is I had my brother come help me. So my brother's in college and he was on winter break. So I had him come up and I was paying him to do work. And I mean, I love my brother, right. But he's kind of just like a dumb college kid. So like that, I was managing that too. Right. And then I'm moving us out of our other house and there's work to be done there that we're moving out of. So really I was like kind of managing three work streams at once, right? I have this contractor, I have my brother, and then I have like the work I have to do at my own house. And by the way, I have a two-year-old and a wife and like I got, and a job. So just way too much going on. And of course mm -hmm. the quality suffers and like, you know, just, um, you know, it's just doing too much. I mean, there's really not too much to say about it. So uh, going forward, then we, we basically like redivided all the work into the right people. So we got a flooring expert to come like address the flooring challenges, right? We got someone who's good at drywall to come address drywall problems, electricians, plumbers, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And we had way more success, but you know, it's just 
once the damage is done, sometimes it's hard to like undo things, right? Like this flooring. Did you pay him at all? Yeah, I, I mean, I did. I paid him for some of the work up front, uh, but th- that was a mistake too. I should have like revisited some of our contracts and like how we do things there. So mm-hmm. just a lot of mistakes on my end, honestly. Uh, like, I mean, it's like always this is your first time either. You had done a couple projects before, so yeah. You know, the interesting thing is this is our this was our fifth and sixth unit, and mm-hmm. even when we were buying this deal, we were like very lazy about the underwriting. We were just really approaching it with like a, a very bad, lazy attitude, both my wife and myself. And uh, I'm not sure exactly how to like prevent that from happening in the future or like how checklists work it's not really a checklist thing it was like a lack of rigor like a lack of caring it was very weird it was like oh we know what we're doing we'll figure this out it'll be fine you know everything was just treated way too nonchalantly what allows you to pull the trigger yeah if you go too far then you'll never yeah so that was um yeah, I mean, in general, I would never hire a, a GC again. I feel like you're always GCing anyway. Yeah. And uh, whenever I do GC walkthroughs, I'm always like, all right, well, what's your punch list? Before I even show up and I'm going to walk the property, you need to show me your punch list. Because, like, my team's too precious and I can't be, like, walking the house and you're writing, like, a punch list from scratch. Like, it just, you know, that's ridiculous. So yeah. that was that was a good lesson there. Uh yeah, I mean, basically not paying people for anything other than materials up front, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, and then, hiring subcontracting out the job has always gone a little bit more smoothly. Or, yeah, it's way more work, right? Like on the front end. Yeah, until you find like once you find the people, it's not that bad. Exactly. Because then you have them for the next job and the next job and the next job. That and that's bad. the truth is like now we have these guys like it was a great investment for our business in general right like we have two or three electricians now we have i mean we have one great plumber but he's super reliable um i guess we have two plumbers but uh and we have this flooring guy that we really like so it's just been that's been solid uh it's been like a great stabilizing force for the business overall and uh so like at the tail end of this i'm very happy where we're at but you know it was a I mean, miserable is the wrong word, but, you know, I would definitely do things differently. You know what I mean? Yeah, a bear of a process a bit. And the other thing is, like, the tenant moved in, tenant's happy, right? Like, both our tenants are fine. We had some, like, pretty pretty stupid weather where it was, like, freezing for, like, a month straight, and then it rained. Yeah. I don't know, like, Noah's Ark kind of biblical stuff here. And, like, our tenant was, you know, obviously they got water in their house, and they weren't stoked about that, but they are like, pretty cool about it. So at the end of the day, it's like, you know, things are going fine. I mean, look, you can see my beautiful house here that I still have to finish, but things are fine. And, you know, we have a working sink now and all the important things in our house, which is great. I think the other thing that was a huge nightmare is we moved the kitchen in the house we're in now. So, I mean, kitchen is just like really central to your living. And like we we planned it out. We had all these casseroles that we were going to cook and blah, blah, blah. But like not having a sink and doing your dishes in the tub or whatever, you know, yeah. that gets that sucks really fast. And we were waiting forever for this countertop because we got a Corian countertop, a solid surface countertop. It's like cheaper than quartz, but it looks like quartz. Okay. And um and I think uh, I would easily if if I'm under like any kind of time pressure in the future, I would not do that. 
because it just really complicates the job logistically. Because uh, like you can't do stuff until the countertop shows up, right? So just I would go to a place, grab something off a slab that they already have right there, yeah, or if you want get it out, yeah, have them come install it, cut it quickly. That's yeah, I mean this Corian stuff. They, uh, I mean, they come install and everything, but you know, it takes them a couple of weeks. You know, they're booked out and all that. So, or you would have lined it up earlier, had this plan. Because did you plan to move this kitchen when you bought it? Uh, we were like a little undecided. So what we had planned to do is like we're like, oh, we'll live in here, and we'll just work on the kitchen. And if we're like, we can't make this kitchen work, right? Then we'll move it. And then I can't remember actually how we got to this point, but I, I kind of explained to my wife, I was like, look, man, moving this kitchen while we live in there is going to suck. Like yeah. we need to do this before we go. But what we didn't think about is like, okay, well we have to paint everything and do all this stuff and then do the floors and then do the cabinets and then build essentially all the structure that's going to hold this, you know, countertop. And cause we built a center Island. So mm-hmm. there's a center Island. So you have to build all the structure there and run new plumbing and, you know, it's a lot of work. And then we fired our contractor in the middle of that. So that delayed everything. Right. So that pushed everything out. So that was super intense, you know, and then I'm like doing the plumbing myself, which I I enjoy, but I have a job. You know what I mean? Enjoy. Dude, I actually really like, I don't, I really like it. This, that doesn't bother me. Uh, Actually putting in new plumbing is not that bad, but fixing plumbing under a sink cabinet is like, yeah, but I was just putting stuff in. So yeah. that, that was no problem, really. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to fix a waste line, like a waste stack, but yeah, yeah it wasn't too bad. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it just good. sucked. And then my wife was frustrated. You know, it was gnarly, I don't know, gnarly experience. But yeah. like, I don't know, I'm still really glad we did it. I imagine when we're done, I mean, we're definitely going to gross like 19 or two, probably higher than that, realistically. I mean, the place has a garage, you yeah. know, there's three parking spots. This is like a big deal in Pittsburgh. <laughs> there's a house, you know, it's a, it's a, it's there's its own a house. house with, <laughs> I mean, it's not an apartment, right? It's like a standalone yeah, place. You right, don't share walls right. with anybody. And, um, I mean, the kitchen's nice. I mean, we got stainless steel crap in there and, you know, it looks yeah. lottie die, you know, got a big old sink with the, uh, You're you know, fancy now. You know that sink that like looks expensive. It's got the like spring around the faucet uh, right, and all that. Right. Yeah. Because we couldn't do a double sink, so we bought like a three hundred dollars sink or whatever. So, you know, hope you got that thing on sale. Nah, I don't know. I have no idea, man. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Yeah. You also reach a point like, you know, we're doing like ten thousand dollar kind of costs, mm-hmm. and you're like. Oh, what's the difference between like a hundred dollar sink and a three hundred dollar sink? <laughs> that actually brings up a good point because I talked about this. Uh, we, I have a friend who has a really small accessory dwelling on his property, and he's just going to turn it into like a recording studio because he records videos and stuff, and interesting, like an office and things like that. And I told him, I was like, well when you buy material, just buy the most expensive material, whatever you think is like really nice, just make it really nice because the difference in a dollar 50, a square foot in a hundred square foot room is not that much money, but your quality improves a lot. So same thing here. Like, you know, if you're already 
if you're already going to spend so much money on it, like you'll take, if that sink improves your quality of life, it's worth the, you know, extra little bit of money. Or if it makes it look fancier so somebody rents it faster, then it's easy. Exactly. There, there's certain stuff that I think really has a big return on value, like sinks and light you know. fixtures. Uh, I don't know. We got our light fixtures from Ikea. So yeah. Well, I mean like ceiling fans, for instance, over lights, like oh. a light, well, not a $5 spray paint can, but like a regular <laughs> ceiling fan over like just a normal light. I mean, a ceiling I call them boob lights, it's like the flush yeah, yeah. lights. It might cost 15 bucks, 20 bucks. A ceiling fan might cost 50, but somebody's, when they go in, the ceiling fan looks a lot nicer and people like having ceiling fans. So like that additional amount of money major, that small amount of money major place easier to rent and whatever. So yeah. Yeah. But, I think those are, so were yeah. you, uh, so were you, it sounds like you really didn't even make too much of a budget before you started this. No, I mean, our budget was basically, I mean, I mean, we, we only had a certain amount of cash, right? So there's always a budget. And then I think we were trying to target 175 or 180. Like uh, all in. Yeah, all in. So I think they gave us like 40, 40 after closing costs and so, something like that. Did you finish within your budget? No, I'm sure we went over. I mean, between firing the contractor and having to redo work there, uh, you know, we've, we, there's also been a number of things that we didn't expect. So like when we bought the house, the garage was not um, fireproofed per our local municipality. So what they had to do is they drywalled the ceiling in the garage. And when they did that, they took off the garage door uh, the motor and chain drive. And then they drywalled it. And then the guy who did the drywall, I guess, just like mounted it back up and he mounted it up wrong. So like, that's just an example of like all these little things we didn't really budget for that wound up kind of like biting us in the ass on this house. Um, I'm trying to think another example. Uh, we, we had a leak uh that stuff's kind of more like i don't really count that because you're not flipping the house so that's not really in your like renovation budget that's more in your just like capex type yeah going maintenance thing yeah i mean we i would say overall we're very close you know we're probably at 40 instead of like 33 or something we wanted you know so we, we went over quite a bit in dollars but we're like well within the range of where we've not catastrophically so you're still still we're at the top end of what we expected you know i I think the other downside is so the heating bills are super high in the garage apartment Uh, so that's going to get passed on to the tenant but i mean we're talking like 250 dollars high so we're also going to have to put in uh insulation there and that's going to cost a couple thousand bucks so like there's just some little stuff like that my heating bill if i during the winter can go up to three four hundred dollars whoa that's super high yeah it's just what happens in these old houses with no insulation and yeah old heating elements yeah i mean i guess we could i guess we could just pass that along to the tenant uh but that that felt yeah. like so like when we walked through the house that garage apartment they had the heat cranked way the f up their baseboard heaters so yeah. 
you know, that was the other thing. Like anytime something seems like a little weird when you're walking through, like, why is it so hot in here? It's like, it's hot in here because it's cold in here and they're selling <laughs> this thing to you, you idiot. Yeah. You know? So there's like, there's like very obvious things. Like even the contractor, all his people are changed over the way he was kind of acting stressful. Like he wanted the job so bad from us. All these things, uh, are very obvious like red flags after the fact so in retrospect yeah yeah so that wow. yeah so you know sounds uh, like it's still working out though just basic tip too i believe if she's on electric heat your tenant she can um apply for like a reduced rate oh there you go company yeah okay because we have a couple apartments with electric heat and we tell them to just um if they're worried about their bills to go apply for the reduced rate or whatever. Yeah. I, I will electric, tell her that electric company will give you less money. If, uh, if it's for heating purposes versus just regular electric stuff. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Like the panel in that house failed, had to rewire all a bunch of the baseboard heaters, just like wild stuff like that. You know, that happens. Yep. But as long as it's still, seems like it'll make money. It sounds like it worked out and you learned some things. So yeah. summarize, summarize your three biggest lessons here. My three biggest lessons are, man, there's just so many lessons. Um, I think number one is you have to always, always expect that the job is going to like go over by a, about 50%, something like that in, in days. Uh, you know, cause you know, you figure a month, uh, you know, a month of renovations, but there's a bunch of weekends in there. You can very quickly get to two months, uh, at least for the, the scope of work we were doing. So like at least giving yourself a buffer for that time yeah. window to go wrong. Um, and th that kind of dovetails into the next thing, which is like, look, once, once you commit to like a plan, don't change the plan. So like part of our issue was like, we talked to the contractor, we had a very clear time window. And then literally we had to change the time window twice, right? Because my wife was like, Hey, we got to move now. Right. So then I'm trying to shuffle around where they're working. So just stick to the plan. Um, Cause when you change that time window, then all the priorities and your ability to like plan things out change. And um, uh, the third thing would probably be just, you're going to be a GC no matter what. Right. Or you're, or you're going to involve somebody in your team as a GC and pay them. Uh, if you're like out of state. Mm -hmm. So just take that mindset on. And I'm not sure you have to do it for your first property, but if, if you plan to do multiple properties, it, it's worth it to vet some people and have them figure things out, right? Get your flooring guy, have them do some small room. That's not super critical. See if you like the work, you know, give them more work if you like the work and you can tell them like, Hey, I'll let you do this whole house. If you do a good job here, you know, and just kind of roll it up that way. But, you know, coming in and being like, I need this whole part of this house done to some GC, you know, it's just not going to work. Uh, maybe well, it'll good. work for you. But maybe it'll work for you. Miss. 50, yeah. 50. Roll the dice. It sounds easy, right? So you should be a little suspicious if this sounds, sounds too good to be true. It just might be. Yeah. So I don't know. That feels like four or five things. But anyway, that's, that's what happened. That's that. Good luck, listeners. Well, Go get good. you a house, though. I mean, yeah, well, uh, you know, once you're fully done with your house and maybe you're refinancing one day, we'll, we'll finish this story up with the exit strategy, but that will be, 
Yeah, I mean, already right now, I mean, here's the like here's the the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow or whatever. I mean, we don't pay a mortgage. We only pay utilities right now because of how everything works out, right? So, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to beat that. I mean, yep. And your other duplicate places that you left that you were originally house hacking are now. Oh yeah, they put money in the pocket. Yeah, producing. Exactly. So every time, every time you move on, it feels slow. But then once you do more and more and layer them on, then it starts to accelerate a little bit better, and you start to reap the benefits. Exactly. We've been we've been doing this for about two years now. We got six units. I mean, yeah. So you, you can do the math. I mean, you're already starting to reap the benefits, and yeah, exactly. I mean, it's going great. The business is paying for itself. Things are happening. So still, ultimately, a get rich slow business, right? I mean, it's been pretty fast for us. I mean, two years, it's felt long. I feel like we've done a ton in two years, yeah. right? When I talk to other people, I mean, yeah. I mean, we had a baby. We moved across the country. I think we moved five times. We bought literally three different deals, six units in total, fixed them all up. It's like six fix-ups. I mean, it's, it's a ton. That's a busy life. COVID happened. COVID happened, yeah. There you go. But yeah, I mean, in terms of net worth, I mean, we've probably forced like $150,000 in net worth into our own pockets. So, which is a lot more than you would have done if you would have moved and rented. Yeah. So, I'll take it. House hacking is the, the cheat code. So yeah. Good to see it being executed. Well, well, we got that. You know, we got, we went over everything that you had learned, gone over a little bit about your project. Um, so I guess I'd be cheating by saying, did you learn anything this week? No, yeah, it's your turn, man. I learned enough. I'm over this. Yeah. Um, a little bit of a uh, piggyback on yours a bit. I learned that having the right people in place makes everything so much yeah. easier. Ain't that true? Um, because we we have our, our property manager. Um, she's going on maternity leave. And we have another person filling in. And uh, the other person filling in kind of just started property managing for some third-party customers of mine. We started like a small-scale property management business, um, okay, really just to, just to support our realtor customers. That's the only reason I'm not out there like sending letters or anything. But <laughs> he, you know, traits-wise, personality-wise, he's like a good fit to do the job. Didn't have a ton of experience with it, but he's bright uh has a good personality for it that sort of thing and he's been able to just kind of seamlessly transition into taking over temporarily for our property manager while she's gone and it makes it a little bit easier because it's like having the right people there there's not so much i don't have to like baby them or do anything like that they kind of just take care of everything yeah where you want to be i was reading a book and um Good. One of my many books. He points over his shoulder. <laughs> uh, I was reading uh, Good to Great is the name of the book. And they were yeah. talking, and one of the quotes in there was from a CEO. And he said, like, if you have to put systems in place to keep people honest and doing the right work, then you hired the wrong person in the first place. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's like systems are useful, but having the right people trumps whatever system you can possibly put together. Yeah. So that goes for the employees that I have. But then it also goes for your your third party vendors too, like your contractors, yeah. uh, your realtor, your lender, all those things. You shouldn't feel like you're having to baby them. 
Um, and I say that whole team, because that kind of goes into our series of our, like how you're, how to work with your core four group, your main team of people. Um, because really you want, you want to have the right personalities and the right fit for you before you even try to build a system for those people. Because if you don't have that fit, right, nothing you try to build will work. So, yeah. The other really cool thing is like the people who are good have a gravity about them and they collect other like good people. Yeah. So you can get decent referrals. So if you have these like mediocre people, you can never get referrals from them. Right. Cause it's yeah, just, that's true. So that's it another goes, really nice thing. It goes back to, it's probably a suggestion from the bigger pockets podcast at one point in time where they said like, if you're ever looking for a contractor and you have one really good one, ask your really good one. Like, Hey, yeah. you were, you know, it might be your electrician say if, if you were doing the roof on your house, what roofer would you hire? Yeah. And they'll usually tell you. So yeah, exactly. All right. Well, where can they find out more about us? Right here on the podcast. You're listening. You made it. Apparently, we have a new YouTube channel. Anthony Angotti. Yeah. Uh, 412 Agent is where they can get you. Yeah. Give them all this creds. At, at 412 Agent on Instagram. At BeFreeRE for the show. Um, you can find me on Bigger Pockets, Anthony Angotti. Uh, I can do all that stuff. But most importantly, if you want to talk to us, give us a call. Uh, 412-212-8366, right? Am I right? right. That's right. right. I'm right. Yeah. New by them all. Um, anyway, so you can give us a call, you know, answer your show on or answer your question on air. Uh, we'll make up where you're from. I don't know where they'd be from right now. They get a Canadian town, perhaps we'll find out. Sounds cool. But, um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and yeah, subscribe, rate, all that good stuff. And we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah. If you guys enjoyed this episode, it would be great if you could, uh, leave a review or a comment on YouTube, like, and subscribe. Or give us a call and tell us how much you hate us. Yeah, that works too. Hate mail. Yeah. Our all haters right. keep us fueled. Peace out. See ya. See ya. <laughs>